following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. episode two of TGIC podcast. Today we will discuss the murder and disappearance of sisters Kate and Sheila Lyon. I'm Jillian. I'm Izzy. And I'm Audrey. All right guys, so let's start with some background info about these girls. Sisters Sheila and Kate Lyon lived in Kensington, Maryland, and this was in 1975. They're both blonde haired and blue eyed. Uh, Kate is 10 and Sheila was 12 at the time of their disappearance. They both lived with their parents, John and Mary Lyon, and their older brother, Jay, who later became a policeman to stop unsolved disappearances like his sister's from happening in the future, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, super honestly, cool. like, I like that like he had like a reason to do right. that. Very yeah. awesome. ACAB, except for Mr. <laughs> Jay Lyon. <laughs> their father was a well-known radio host in Maryland and considered pretty well-known at the time. Okay, guys, let's get into the timeline. So, on March 25th, 1975, Sheila and Kate Lyon left home to get lunch at the local mall, which was then called Wheatonton Plaza. Okay, wait, sorry. I just wanted to pause and share this. I think this is so creepy, like, before we even get into this experience. My mom is convinced she's been to this mall. Are you serious? Okay, she, like, kind of went to college near there, and, like, you know, my mom loves to shop, so she's pretty sure she's been there. Oh, isn't that so creepy? That's so that's weird. Weird. So Okay, <laughs> just wanted to share that. It's okay. so weird that we already are like drawing parale- parallels, parallels between our uh-huh. cases. Yeah, that's no, really so creepy. True. I read something yesterday. Sorry, I just thought of this. Like, you're like only like six social connections like apart from everyone in the world or something. So like, this is probably gonna happen a lot. Like where we find like parallels between that's our so lives and weird. cases. Okay, so let's get back to it. So they headed to Wheatonton Plaza at around 11 a.m. And at 1 p.m., the girls are seen by a witness outside of the Orange Bowl. This was, like, the restaurant they were eating lunch. And they were talking to an unidentified man. Um, At 2 p.m., their brother sees their sisters eating at the Orange Bowl. So, pretty normal. And then at 2.30 to 3 p.m., they are seen by another witness walking westward back to their house. So this was the most direct way to get back to their house from the mall because they literally lived, I think it was like half a mile or huh. a mile and a half from the mall. So like this is why their mom wasn't worried about It was like a suburban area home. too, right? Yeah. So like everyone thinks the suburbs are yeah. safe. and I mean it was spring break for the girls. So this was like kind of like their vacation almost. Like nobody wants to be stuck at home during That's the true. Mm-hmm. And this was also the last approved witness report that was confirmed by police. Um, And then, so, by 4 p.m., this was the curfew set by their mother. Um, This curfew had passed, and the girls had not returned home, and their mom started to worry. By 7 p.m., the police had been called, and the girls had been reported missing. Also, keep in mind, at the time, like, the parents weren't really worried when it first happened. They were like, okay, it's okay, maybe they, like... Went to their friend's house to have a sleepover, and they just forgot to tell us, or maybe we forgot. Like, yeah, and especially back then, yeah, I mean, they didn't have phones. Yeah, yeah there's exactly. no phones. There was right. no way they could be like, "Hey, I'm going." Like now, you just send a text if your plan changes. Right. But mm-hmm. back then, like, there's no way. Like, they just can't. I don't know. I think that's just. Yeah, I mean, unless you went to your friend's house and called, but still, like, yeah. they might have been just like outside playing, or and they know, were little. Whatever. Like, they're not thinking of like mm-hmm. my parents could think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what the parents are thinking currently. Right. Um, so, like, they were reported missing, and their father announced 
announced on his radio show the next day that they were looking for the girls. Again, this, like, radio show was pretty, like, in the town, he was kind of, like... Like a local a celebrity? celebrity? He was, like, a local celebrity. Huh, yeah. That's really so, like, interesting. A lot of people tuned into his show, so he was just like, hey, guys, like, my daughters are missing. Like, he wasn't worried about it. He, again, thought they were at a friend's house or something. Yeah, that makes sense. So, many false leads and witness reports were called in and filed, and a few of them were believed credible and then proved questionable sort after. So, this is like the weeks following the disappearances and the days following the disappearances. So there was a witness report filed on April 7th, 1975, and it was deemed so specific that it was only looked into briefly. So, the witness report read loosely that the girls were bound and gagged in a vehicle. The driver of the station wagon resembled the man in the publicly available sketch of the prime suspect. And... By the way, this sketch, okay, this is really weird, but a lot of witnesses said that they saw the girls talking to a man with a tape recorder. Yeah, I, I've, I'm familiar with that part of the story. It's just like, you know, he was testing like a product on kids, and it was like debated, like that was like how he was like trying to prey on children, yeah. but like no one could definitively like identify him, even though like there was like sightings of him in other malls and, like, other yeah. areas, but no one could actually identify him. So, this is how they got the sketch in the first place, like, by just witnesses from who were at the, the table. Yeah, the mm-hmm. table mm-hmm. man. So, like, this sketch is linked on our website, but it's basically, like, a very... It's very plain. Like, it honestly looks like a child drew it. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. Okay, that's how I feel about, like, a lot of police sketches. Like, yeah. they're not very well done. Like, right. at all. So you've got to consider, like... The they're person that's sketching, they've got no reference. Like, yeah. they're literally going on what... I suppose, but this guy could have been literally any other, like, just white middle-aged like man in America. Like stereotypical white man. Like Yeah, like, there's no identifying features on him, like, town. whatsoever. Exactly. So they deemed this guy tape recorder man. Okay, so back to the witness report. So they claimed that when the driver spotted the, like, person who called them in tailing him, he then ran a red light and sped west on Route 234. If that ain't to us, what is... Okay, but, like, this whole witness report could be so incredible. Like, once once people see, like, a sketch, they just want to be involved, and this could be a totally made-up story. And then also, like, he had a Maryland license plates, and this was in Virginia. And mm-hmm. the possible combination was DMT dash six blank blank. They don't know the last two digits. And like again, they thought this was weird. It was too specific. This was like weeks, weeks and weeks after the disappearance. They were like, okay, I don't know. This is like kind of weird. So they just kind of traced the um, license plate. Mm-hmm. They didn't find anything, so they dropped the witness report. Um, and then here's another interesting witness report. So a girl who was around the age of the Lion Sisters reported to the police that a man followed her and her friends throughout the mall on the same day of the girl's disappearance. He seemed to be staring at them, but this is the creepy part. He was mainly focused on her blonde friends. And she said it was just really weird, and she wanted to come and tell them. That's so creepy. That, I just got yeah. shows from that. Like, she even quoted one of her friends saying, take a picture and it'll last longer. Oh, sass. But keep in mind, like, this guy just kept following them. That's so creepy. I, was this guy looked into, like, the other witness report? Um, okay, so they actually, she ended up making a police sketch. This sketch is also linked on our website, 
she said the guy was like, he looked really young, like in his mid to early 20s, and he had long hair and a wide nose and acne all over his face. That's very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he overall just had a very creepy stature. And this was just like, they made a police sketch, but the police never releases to the public because they said that it would confuse and further collude the case. Oh, please. So, yeah, this was never released to the public. This is so specific. And also, like, you have to think, this girl's like, the age of the Lion Sisters. Yeah. Who's, like, more likely to lie? Like, some right. random person or, like, a girl who was at the mall day of and is, like, a exactly. child. And she's, that's, like, that's why? So that doesn't make any sense to lie to a police at such a young age. Yeah. And, like, even that girl, we don't really know, but she could have been, like, friends with them or she could have known who they were. Because, like, they're around the same age. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think honestly i would consider her more credible than just some yeah. random guy exactly i think this person should have been looked into more exactly and it's just like why, why would she lie yeah, yeah how many creepy guys can there be in a mall at one time well apparently a lot okay so they got like the police got calls from physics ex- psychics <laughs> And, like, obviously all of these were immediately dismissed because many, many of them were just bullshit. I mean, that happens in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just yeah. kind of common ground. Why do people do that crap? And then so the annoying. last witness we're going to talk about today is someone who came forward to a mall security guard. He said that he saw a man with a tape recorder talking to the girls. He then led them to a car and shoved them in and abducted them. Then this witness was taken to the police station. He was given a polygraph. And he failed this polygraph. So so he, so he lied about what he'd seen? Yeah, he basically lied about all of it, except for the fact that he saw the girls. Okay, but, so. like, clearly he's lying. Like, he comes forward weeks later, like, after this other sketch comes out. And, like, right, right. it's so incredible. Like, mm-hmm. like it yeah. literally is all made up. Like, does that... It's like the other story. Like, there's no, like, thing that, like, guarantees that to be true. So, they then dismissed this guy's claims, and they just, like, kept him on file, but, like, nobody really referenced that for, like, years and years to come. So, now let's go forward, like, the next 20 and 30 years after. Still no leads, no evidence. That is such a long time. Like, no if yeah. these girls were alive, they would be, like, yeah. 30 years old. old. They would be old. So, like, nothing has came forward. Like, the family is still living with, like... Not knowing what they're going to I cannot imagine. You have, they got zero closure. There is absolutely Literally nothing, nothing conclusive in this case. So then, like, okay, cold case teams, like detectives and retired detectives, like looked into this case. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of them actually did this, and they never found anything, like anything at all. And then a cold case team in 2013 found something really interesting that had been overlooked for years and years and years. Ooh, do tell. So, this cold case team looked in the file, and they found something really weird that just didn't add up. They found out that the same guy who who filed the witness report in the 70s about seeing the missing girls in the mall, who took the lie detector test and he failed it, matched the exact police sketch from one of his old mugshots in the se- in 75. Oh my god. 
That's so weird. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. Cool. Let's get into suspects. This is the most exciting part for all of us. Amen. Um, our first suspect is Lloyd Lee Welch. He claimed to have witnessed their abduction at the time and failed the lie detector test. We just went through his witness report. So he's just kind of like a weirdo. He, like, reported this to a mall security guard. Didn't really make a lot of sense at the time. And, like, so they... Gave him the lie detector test. He failed it. Which, also, I'd like to point out, I've, like, heard about stuff on lie detector tests a lot. Like, I don't remember a specific episode, but Crime Junkie, one of my favorite podcasts, has really helped me, like, understand this. Like, you are only going to fail a lie detector test, like, when you're, like, like, if you're just uncomfortable. Like, it's that's how they... I guess, understand if you're lying. Mm -hmm. So you could be telling the truth, but if you're uncomfortable because of the situation... Like nervous. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that could be why he failed, or also he could, you know, just have been lying. Polygraph tests are, like, one of the most unreliable things ever. Like, do not take one. If you're in a police environment getting freaking investigated, like, you're gonna be nervous. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, everybody experiences, like, stress and nerves differently. I mean, heck, if I witnessed two girls... Before they got abducted, I would be nervous because that's like, you know. Yeah, it's just a nerve-wracking situation. Anyway, so later on, Lloyd Lee Welch has been convicted of multiple cases of molestation and sexual assault of minors. Which, this man sucks. He's a pedophile. Pedophiles suck. All right. Uh, Audrey, you want to talk a little more about our other suspects? All right. Let's talk about briefcase man. So this was the guy that we talked about who's the unidentified man that was seen talking to the girls at the mall. And a crime sketch was made of him. I mean, a witness sketch was... I mean, what is it called? (laughs) A witness sketch. A witness sketch was made of him. But he was never identified IRL. So he said that it was... or I mean, it was reported that he was having the girls test his new tape recorder product, Ugh. which is, like... And, like, he was also seen at other malls. And, remember, this is the guy whose sketch was, like, the most generic yeah. and badly done police <laughs> sketch. I think I'm sorry, my This is just done by two-year-olds. I mean, this is just not suspicious. I don't know why. Like, he just does not come off as suspicious to me. Mm-hmm. Like... Obviously, yeah. if people see the sketch, like, attention seekers are going to come and say, like, they saw this. Also, they could have seen it. It just was a different guy because that sketch is so poorly done. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, 1975, a tape recorder was probably, like, legendary. Like, I don't really know what their technology was like, but, like, a right. tape. if I was a 10-year-old girl and I saw a tape recorder, like, that's who you want to be testing. Like, I just, I don't know. I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's talk about also Mr. Raymond Rudolph Molesky Sr. That's a long-ass name. Yeah. Amen. He's... Okay, let's just call him Ray, because I feel like that's... Yeah, that's stupid. Okay. All right, so he's living in Sweetland, Maryland in 1975, which was the year the girls were kidnapped. And he's only a few miles away from the mall. And in November 1977... Okay, get this. In November 1977, he murdered his wife. And his son. And also injured his other son. Holy shit. (laughs) You gotta be sincerely fucked up in the brain. Murdering your wife is bad. Murdering your son is bad. Injuring your son is bad. All of them together? There's not even a word for that. So he's like a psychopath, right? He's He's going straight to hell. Alright, so this guy is freaking creepy, no doubt. 
And he's convicted of two counts of homicide and sent homicide and sentenced to forty <laughs> years of homicide. Homicide. Well, maybe it's because they killed him in the home. Homicide. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was convicted. Guys, we shouldn't be laughing at this. Okay. Okay. He Serious. Was, all right. He was convicted of two counts of homicide and sentenced to forty years of prison. The police received two tips from other prisoners that said that Molesky claimed he knew something about the Lion Sisters case. So, like, as he's in jail, he's claiming to have come clean to other prisoners. Uh, and other prisoners who are probably have lied to the police yeah. before. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. come on. So, he said that he would exchange the information on the Lion Sisters for more livable prison conditions. So, basically, she's, like, bargaining at this point. Yeah. I hate when people do that. Cause, like, if you're in there, you should stay in there. Exactly. And if you have information, you should just tell us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not... I just like what are you gonna do when you get out anyway? Exactly. Yeah, but then again, for him, it's a risk without reward. So well, I he doesn't have any me. family to go see. Oh my god! Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Police searched his home in April and they never found any evidence. So this they is 1982, right? Yeah, this, this is, is a years. long, long time after the case. It's like seven years. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so long. Yeah. Well, it is long. Seven years? Yeah, seven years. Not for as long as the whole thing lasted. Okay, true. True. But still, searched his house, never found anything. And they dismissed him. And he never mm-hmm. even agreed to tell them anything. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... There's no record of him saying anything about involving... Being involved in this case. No, didn't he die? Yeah. He died before... I um, think he died in, like, 2004. Yeah, because they were gonna, like, start asking questions, but then he freaking died. Like, one of the other cold case teams, like, was gonna ask him more stuff, and then they found out he was dead. Okay... Do you want to talk about Fred Coffee? Yeah. All right. So Fred Coffee is like he's kind of like the John Mark Carr of the uh, John Bonet case. He's just like a creepo. He's so weird. So this guy murdered Amanda Ray, who was a ten-year-old girl. Ten-year-old girl sound familiar? This is in 1979, and he lived near Amanda in North Carolina, but also he lived near the Lion Sisters in Maryland in seven. Oh, did I type that? Shoot, I'm really crossing my A push in my podcast (laughs) research. Okay. So, he also lived near the Lion Sisters in Maryland in 1975. So, let's talk about Kathy Beatty. She's this sweet little girl, and she was also abducted, then murdered. And they never found out who her killer was, but this guy, Fred Coffey, is, like, suspicious, very suspicious, living close to her. And, you know, he's been accused of all these other murders and abductions, so he was a suspect in that case, like, a main suspect in that case. Mm -hmm. So, it sounds like, to me, this guy is obviously, like, just a horrible person. Like, he's killed, like, other little girls. But it sounds like when the cold case investigators, like, investigated him further in the 80s, they're just kind of trying to, like pin him on other, like, yeah, things right. so they can solve cold cases. And, like, if you're, like, a true, like, true crime lover, you know that this happens, like, a lot. Like, this yeah. happens in a lot of cases where they'll try and either pin, like, murders on serial killers or on other known killers Because it's area. easier that way. You can just dismiss yeah. it, like, oh, he's killed these other girls. Why wouldn't he kill them, too? And it just, you know. It's so it's terrible. Easier. Our criminal justice system is, like, partially built on what's more convenient at uh-huh. the time. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, and wasn't he suspected in 12 murders? That's insane. That's like a lot. That's why it honestly, like, dude, I don't think he had any involvement in this case. 12 doesn't seem like that many, like, when you read it on paper, but that's 12 
people that he potentially killed across the freaking country. Yeah, so, exactly. In multiple oh different God. states. So this guy is definitely, we've already established this, definitely sus. a creepo, but he is sus. Okay. Because we know he's capable. Also, after you guys listen to this, look him up. And look how freaking creepy he yeah, looks. Yeah, he looks creepy. You know those people that you kind of look at and you get, like, a bad gut feeling from? Like, if I saw yeah. him on the street, I would cross the street. Oh, same. If I saw him in the grocery store. I do the thing where I hold my, like, you know when you hold your phone so you could call 911 yeah, yes, faster? exactly. Sometimes I will, like, if I'm walking at night, I will literally, like, have 911 dialed on yeah, my phone. Yeah, no. So that way I can just use my fingerprint and dial exactly. That was totally good. But, like, this is a safety public yeah. service announcement. Yes. Stay away from creepos. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go a little further into the original abduction theory. So, at the time when the girls were abducted, their original, like, plan, or not plan, <laughs> not their plan, oh my god. The girls planned to be abducted. Okay, no. So, the police's original theory was that a man with the microphone, the tape recorder, and he had this briefcase, he approached them and was seen talking to them, because multiple witnesses have seen this and recorded mm-hmm. it, and those were deemed credible. So, and then he somehow convinced them to, like, come with him, so, like, you guys remember, like, when you're in kindergarten, they tell you, like, stranger danger and stuff? Basically, yeah. the girls did not have this lesson, and... <laughs> they were unaware of stranger danger. Um, and went with the stranger danger, <laughs> and probably, like, you know, their idea is, like, he had this tape recorder that can... He convinced them to come back to his car, and then he abducted them and just uh, drove away with them, I guess? I don't know. This theory was not very well thought out, in my opinion. Yeah, just pretty weak. I mean, like, they they just, like, they had no... This was just, like, the common theory that they had. Okay, I would like to quote an episode of SVU I watched last night. Oh, Lord. Um... I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a big Law & Order fan, so yeah, I was no watching, idea. <laughs> I was watching an episode last night, and they started the episode, and they're seeing, like, just a typical case they're investigating, and they say, like, if you hear, like, what do you call that? Sorry, now I can't even remember. What do you call that when, like, horses walk? Hoof. Hoof. Yeah, if you hear hooves in central... Hooves. <laughs> I can't say that. Freaking sound like Schmidt from the girl. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if, you, if, if you hear hooves in Central Park, did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you hear hooves in Central Park, that does not sound right. It's it's okay. If you hear hooves in Central Park, it's going to be a horse, not a zebra. But zebras have hooves. No. But That's you're not going to find a zebra point. in Central like Park. Probability. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to go into that, but but like the idea was that like when you're investigating a case, you're going to like start investigating with what seems like the most probable answer. Like you're not going to go looking for like the crazy solution, you know. So I think that's really what their original abduction theory was. And I guess they weren't like assuming the very worst, like what actually happened. Exactly. So. All right. Especially since it's like a suburban small town. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about what actually happened. We're going to talk about the acne-faced killer. Dun-dun-dun! I thought um, we have those each episode. All right. So, the acne-faced killer. Um, I think for the suspense of the... the for your benefit, <laughs> I'm going to make this really suspenseful and not tell you who this is oh. until the end. <laughs> all right. So, we're going to go with this identified male. He stalked the girls at the mall. 
And then he lured them to his car again. Stranger danger is important. I don't know how old you guys listeners are, but like, don't follow strangers. Tell your kids not to follow strangers. Strangers are dangerous. Bad news. And also, wasn't he with his uncle? I don't know. We don't. Know. We're not going to get into that because that's like kind of like questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this man lured them to his car and then abducted them, and then. This is kind of where it gets fuzzy. This guy is, at the time they're looking into this, the cold case investigators, in 2013 are looking into this guy. He is convicted on, like, a whole bunch of stuff, Mm -hmm. and he's just a very uncredible witness. Like, it took years for them to, like, get actual information out of him. Like, when he was telling the stories, he he would make up most of it. But then they said, like, towards the end of his interviews, they would find, like, a no. small kernel of yeah, truth. Yeah, exactly. So it just took them so, so long to kind of decipher what was true yeah. and yeah. what were So lies. they were, like, taking everything with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. and that's why it took so yeah. long to mm-hmm. convict this guy. Exactly. Which he's very smart for. Like, credit mm-hmm. to him. Pretty smart. So he abducted them from the mall, and then he took them to... He had family in Virginia, and this guy, after he was looked into further... His family was extremely, like, creepy, and they were, like, all pedophiles, and, like, it was just disgusting and horrifying. Like, the children were taught specifically to commit incest with their siblings and their cousins. And their parents. They were raised to believe that it was okay. So, obviously, these kids throughout their lives are experiencing forms of sexual assault from family members, not family members. So, you know, obviously, someone that's being born and raised in that environment is not mentally okay. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, you can always say nature over nurture, like, was this guy a psychopath to begin with? In this case, it's definitely nurture. Especially in these circumstances, there's no way that didn't have at least some effect on his actions. So, anyway, this guy brings the girls to family members, and this is where it gets a little fuzzy. Um, It's believed that Sheila was taken to his family in Virginia. Sheila is the 12-year-old. Keep in mind, she's the older one. Mm -hmm. Um, So he takes her to his family in Virginia, and I think they were, like, the... They were the more, like, I don't... Incesty ones, I guess. They were, like, kind of secluded from the rest of the family in a way. So I think... It said that she was taken up there, and they're actually not sure what happened to her. They're not sure if she was killed at the time or not, or, like, kept there for years before killed. Yeah, so, like, we never know. She could have been, like, a part of their family. That's so disturbing. Yeah. Oh, like, quote-unquote part of their family. Right. And it's just weird to me, too, because, like, obviously, I mean, it was the 70s, but there's still, like, TV, and they were a pretty big case. Like, you'd think that she would have seen news reports and, like... Yeah. known people were looking for her but mm-hmm. I don't know clearly these people were like creepy and secluded so like maybe she didn't have any connection with the rest of the world right? yeah I mean I'm sure anyway and it sounds like they've got experience the second like yeah the second part of this theory involves Kate who is the younger sister and it said that she was brought to a basement of a house Pretty in Maryland, pretty close to where they lived, I think, like a few towns over. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the suspect's father. Mm-hmm. Or uncle's? Or uncle, yeah. Someone yeah. in his family owned... It was his father's basement, because it was at his father's house. Gotcha. Because okay. they searched for it. They went to, like, 
five different houses mm-hmm. because they were so determined to find this basement because, you know, that would give them the evidence that they needed to confirm that this is where she was. Yeah. So they find out that she was sexually assaulted and murdered in this basement. And it's also reported, like, her body, this is so terrible and this is so sad, her body was put into a bag and the murderer asked one of his cousins... Um, his name was Henry Parker, to burn a body bag with him. And his cousin is literally quoted saying, like, they felt like the body bag weighed, like, about 70, 80 pounds, and, like, it smelled like death. I'm sorry. Who says it smelled like death and does not look in the bag? And then also, the bag had, like, dark stains Stains. on it. Which she claimed was oil, right? I think so. Because it was a certain type of oil that had a reddish tint, which was flame. Anyway, so at some point, this is believed, her body is believed to be burned. Yeah. And also, in all this time, the cold case investigators are talking to him. He, actually, I think the first question they ever asked him, like, if you had committed this crime, what would you have done? And he gives this whole, like, story, like, descriptive, like, well, I would have raped them and murdered them and then burned their bodies. Which is, like, super specific. Right. Like, that's not... Like, a normal thing. Like, yeah. You would say, like, hide their bodies from me. No, he said burn them. Yeah. And, like, that was part of his strategy was later on they believe that part of his strategy was to say what he had done, but say that other people had he committed it. So himself. if he was like, I killed them, he would just be like, oh, it was my uncle that killed him. But sometimes he would slip up and say it was my cousin that killed him. Or he would accidentally say... Basically, his like, life. his story was ever-changing. Yeah, These exactly. cops visited him. Oh, he gave them hell. No, like, they visited him for years yeah. and years. And, like, every single time his story would be different, mm-hmm. he would always be there, but, like, he would always be distanced from the crime. Mm-hmm. He would never... He would never actually in, like, the crime. Like, he would always say, my uncle was driving the car that they were in. Mm-hmm. Or my cousin lured them to the car. And then over time, like, his story changes, mm-hmm. and it's, like, suddenly him getting closer and closer to the yeah. crime, which is so horrifying that his brain, like, functions like yeah. that. Yeah, and then the detective started to notice that the things that would always stay the same in every story were the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I'd just like to point out this strange little tidbit of information we found in our research, because it's honestly, I obviously, I wouldn't want to call anything in this humorous, but it's... It's a pretty big slip-up on this guy's part. Like, yeah. for someone who, like, I guess seems to be a skilled liar, so this guy claims that one of his other cousins, I don't know his name at yeah, this time. Yeah, they never mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. He said that one of his other cousins was involved. Like, he was there the day of when he abducted the girls. Yeah. Um, they look into this guy, and he was, like, what, 11 he at the time? 11. And that's not even it. He had two broken arms. <laughs> The thing is, like, if you were at a mall and you saw a little kid with two broken arms, you would remember. I would definitely remember. I would say make fun of him. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, Audrey. I'm just kidding. Someone really would have it. said, like, I saw that kid, like, with two broken arms, talking to those little girl. It's a freaking person with two broken arms but, yeah. walking around. Like, yeah, I just, I. I can't believe he would say that. I don't, like... For someone who really has, like, his story... I mean, I'm not going to say put together, because clearly it's not put together. But, like, who's, like, trying to distance himself away, like, a big, like, slip-up like that? Like, that is stupid, man. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. Don't call yourself, like, a talented murderer. (laughs) You said you're not saying your freaking cousin. All right, so... 
In this case, there's not really any autopsies because they never were able to find the body, but I was going to talk a little bit about what they did find. Um, They went to the house in Virginia where his family lived, and they excavated the site, and they found a couple things. So where there was claimed to be the original fire pit where, like, their bodies were burned, there were bone fragments and some burned fabric. So, like... Clearly, there was something there. Yeah. But I feel like, first of all, the bone fragments thing brings up an important question. Like, this stuff is there after, what, like 30, 40 years? A really long time. Like, it just seems strange to me that those would be them. But also, these people are really strange and creepy and, like, like, not not good people. Other girls or other children. And there are just people who have, like, not been solved and like they were the ones who did it and it's yeah. just so scary it's a right. scary world i mean still even if it's not the lion sisters there are bone fragments in exactly exactly like, those are coming from i mean you can argue it's a, it's a it's a squirrel it's a mouse no there's no way and cloth fragments if you go digging in my yard you're not going to find bone and cloth yeah exactly. and like this is like one of the saddest things to me they found a piece of wire in the fire pit that they believed where she was glasses that's so, so sad. sad it so really like, is that's just like so um also another interesting thing they found they found a single tooth that was like i guess they can do like all the csi stuff on it and like they found out it was like a 12 year old tooth so it was most likely belonged to sheila and so they find this tooth, and but before they can even like take it to get tested or anything, they somehow lose it. Ah, what? That just grinds my gears. I mean, how the hell do you lose that? That's so important. That's, that's really so like that could literally solve the case. That's like a nail in the coffin right there. Uh-huh. That right there would have been like I've never heard that phrase before. The nail in the coffin. That's a pretty. That's a pretty common what does phrase. That mean? It's like it's like, it's like like that's what obviously that. this guy right. did it, but like now they have more evidence. It's called nail in the coffin. Because you put. You put a nail in a coffin, so it's closed. It's a closed case. Oh. Look at me. I'm so smart. Um, Okay. So, this guy. This is who they convicted. In 2017, officially, Lloyd Lee Welch was convicted for the murder of the Lion Sisters. Yay. And he was basically sentenced to life. This was like... Because he's old. Because he's old. It was like 40-something. Google pictures of Lloyd Lee Welch, and you will get shivers up your spine. Oh, also... He is scary looking. So, yeah. This is the same guy that was at the mall and put in that witness report about seeing the sisters. Yeah. And, like, stalking blonde little girls. Yeah. Like, it's just so crazy that he was... Literally right there and, in and front of the police officer's nose, and he was never, for forty years. They yeah. didn't solve it, like, and he was already in the prison system for raping a ten-year-old girl exactly. already. And he came forward with that crazy witness statement yeah. in the beginning, and it's, they never like talked to him more. And like, mm-hmm. just the fact that he already had like a mugshot on file, right? Exactly, and he was right there. If you look at his mugshot compared to the drawing that that little exactly girl the like made, mm-hmm. they're like they're literally. The and same also, same. like I know the mugshot didn't come out until two years later, but still, he came in for a witness report. They saw this man in person. How did they not match it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just like there are so many things combined with like police negligence and overall just like 
limited resources in this small town. Exactly. But also, like, you really got to think about it from a police perspective. So we know all the facts of the case because they're, like, in bullet points basically for us because this has already happened. Like, the police are investigating this as it's happening. If they're really unsure. Like, think about Lloyd's freaking testimony. Like, I he mean, was... His stories... We're so hard to exactly. decipher, barely yeah. decipherable. And I mean, at the time, in the 70s, they didn't have yeah, DNA Yeah, they didn't testing. have the resources that we have now. They couldn't have, like, they literally, and they had nothing. They didn't even find her bodies until 20, 2013, yeah. 2014. Yeah, and they right? didn't even find bodies. They found, yeah. like, fragments of yeah. bodies. So this was the case of the Lion Sisters. And scene.